0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: It is time for Go Big or Go Home. It better be time because it's late. Very, very late. Ahmed Farid, Joshua Perry, Matt Castle, after a thrilling comeback victory from your Maryland Terrapins. Who would have thought that? So we're going to go through all the games. Uh, Some of the games we saw a lot of the plays from. Some of the games we saw none from but we're going to give some of the information here and give our opinions on the big picture going on in the Big Ten all the different games that happen so let's start with our game that we were at Big Ten Saturday night week two Mm -hmm. we got two under our belt now I'm just as exhausted as I was after week one I don't know how this is happening it's a little Uh, bit
2: late your body is not conditioned
1: not conditioned at all you got to make sure that you (laughs) spend the time to properly condition but it should be now because now we have to, And next week we're in Purdue, so we better be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Maryland gets the win, 38-20. Didn't look good early. They go down 14-0 uh, <laughs> right away. A couple of miscues, a pick six, a blown coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I mean, like, Joshua, how shocked were you on the, the first quarter of this game and how Maryland came out?
2: Let me, let me be clear. is I think Maryland has changed the mentality and approach of their program. But having covered this program for the last few years, I don't think it was the most shocking thing ever, because this has been a team that has gotten in their way uh, in the past. And then you look at the other side for Charlotte with Biff Pogey and his connection to this area and his connection to Mike Loxley and some of the assistants on this staff and the number of players from this area. They were going to be the team that wanted to come out and make the statement early. Now, what the difference was to me is the way that Maryland continued to fight in this game and ultimately win it going away. That was impressive because I think there were some other Maryland teams that might have folded in a situation where they essentially gifted another team 14 points. Uh, Charlotte fought to the end. Give them a lot of credit. They were out there hitting, but Maryland said we're going to get our stuff together and we're going to prove that we're the better football team, which is exactly what they did.
0: That's exactly what they did, and I was just surprised that they didn't come out ready to play. You know, it's a primetime game. They talked about the momentum that they were building on from these last two seasons, going to two bowl games, and I just felt like they were going to come out with their hair on fire, and unfortunately there was a lot of miscues early. And And then, like you said, though, I, I believe it's more so how they came out in the second half. They they got the ball to start the second half. They went down, put together a drive. They started to establish their run game, which mm-hmm. we, they didn't do in the first Roman half. Hemby. Roman Hemby. Roman Hemby got after it. I mean, they scored what twenty nine twenty eight points in the in the second half, sure right so yeah, twenty nine it, it was good to see them come alive now there 's a lot of that they 're going to learn from when they go in on that teach tape right and there 's a lot to grow from and it 's more self inflicted wounds and if they can correct that, this is a good football team they 're talented at the skill position. I know that there 's some questions on the offensive line defensively, they gave up the big play early, but yep. then they settled in so the, the Maryland's outlook, I still think that is, they should be optimistic. At the same time, as you also said, Joshua, you've got to give a ton of credit to Charlotte to come out. A school like that that had 56 new scholarship athletes. This, this like Coach Locksley said, was their Super Bowl. Yes. And they came out, and they, they played hard to the end, and they jumped out to that 14-point lead. It had to be a great momentum, and it had to feel good on that sideline. But they should be walking out of here with their heads held high because they competed for 60 minutes.
2: So think about this. Wouldn't you love to be the Maryland staff coming in to correct that tape? Because there were so many things that went wrong that you can tell your team you are susceptible to lose any given week if we play like this. But then you can flip on the second half and say, we can compete with anybody if we play like this, the way we played in the second half. And I think it's a really good spot to be in. I think that you can hit some of the negatives and really teach and correct, but I think you can really lean in to the positive things that you did. Like As a coach, I'd, I'd sit back and say, well, this ain't the way that we scripted it, but this ain't going to be bad to teach off of either.
0: Right, and that's what that's the thing about football is you learn more From this type of game, because you see all the stuff that went wrong in the first half, and you go in and you have to correct it, and you've got to be hard on yourself. And as a player, you've got to take a hard look at yourself and say, What can I do better? But then when you take a fine tooth comb and go through it, and you look at their performance in the second half, when they sustained their blocks, when they got the run game going, when they wrapped up and tackled, when they played sound defense and they were assignment sound, then all of a sudden they change. And that's where you have to build on for this team moving forward. Yeah, Talia Tungavailoa, two pretty bad
1: mistakes, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. pick six early, put them down 14 nothing, and then threw an interception in the end zone. Matt, what'd you what you think of the quarterback who you've said is maybe the most crucial quarterback in the Big Ten to their team, without Leah, Maryland's
0: not who they? Who they are? Right. But he wasn't great. Right. He wasn't great, and I don't think he played to his standard tonight. And he knows that, and we all know that at the quarterback position is that every time you take the snap from center, the ball's in your hands, and you've got to protect it with your life. Because they always used to say, when you when you're the quarterback and you've got the ball, you're, it's not just about you; it's about your teammates, it's about the coaches, it's like the livelihood of everybody is all dependent on you taking care of that football. But this was a hard lesson tonight. You know, he tried to throw the timing route out there on the hitch route early on and it didn't see that linebacker work right through that seam route and there's probably some coaching that goes on too with that no doubt right joshua where that that seam route's got to learn he's got to outside release That's on right. that guy not him let him free release yeah. right out to the flat and get underneath there and then the second one i think he's trying to make a play but he's got to see the safety over the top and like i said these are all early season mistakes that you can learn off of and build off of and hopefully that Now, next time he goes out, it'll be in the back of his mind, and that that won't come up again.
2: Loxley always talks about staying in neutral when it comes to Leo Tungavailoa, and I think that the mistakes that he made were mistakes from a guy who wasn't in neutral. Early on, that play that you talked about where he threw the pick six, Backed up situation, probably felt like he had to be a hero a little bit. Like, hey, get this ball out of my hands, we got to start off a good drive. Ends up making a really bad decision because he sort have seen that linebacker regardless of how the receiver released. And I know it's a team game, so you can't blame everything on him. Uh, and then again, other interception, kind of force in plays. And so when he can stay neutral and just command the offense and, and not try to be everything for everyone, he's a much better player. Right,
0: and, but then you also saw the resiliency of this guy. Oh, he no comes doubt. back the post route late in the game. Brother. That's after the interception, right? <laughs> There's guys that I've seen be a shell of themselves yes. after that. They're not going to take that shot. They're timid with the ball. They don't, they're they're going to protect it with, the, with their life. But he's still taking his shot, and he made that throw, which – is a sign of his experience, of a sign of understanding who he is as a player, and that he's not gonna, his confidence isn't going to be rattled so easily. It's the
2: blessing and the curse, right? right like we saw
0: both sides of it. We saw the curse early on, and then we saw the blessing. That's who he is as a player.
1: Yep. That's why he's so good. And he had Roman Hembry, as you well, guys Roman mentioned is, before. 162 yards. Ridiculous, dude. One touchdown. Uh, he was he was awesome. He got that offense going in the second half. Yep. All right. Maryland did get the win. 38 20 was the final score. Uh, Nebraska did not win. No, they didn't. For the second week in a row. Uh, four, Colorado. Four turnovers for the second week so in that's, a row. So that's the story. So four turnovers again. There were. Four fumbles, three of them lost, yeah. and uh, Jeff Sims threw uh, another interception. Yep. Did have a long touchdown run, so sure. did have a highlight play. Right. But while the rest of the nation talks about Colorado and Coach Prime and the 2-0 nothing or two start, I mean, this is a Big Ten podcast. Yeah. And so we'll give our props to Coach Prime. He deserves we, it. We he deserves here. It. He here. He's yeah. here. He here. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. been,
2: yeah, yeah. uh, been doing his life. Nebraska not here. So this is the thing about Nebraska. I saw this and I had to, to reach out to one of my way more intelligent friends um, this is the first time a team has had eight plus sacks in a game and has lost the football game since at least 2005. Wow. So think about that. Think about how much pressure Shador Sanders was under consistently in that football game. Think about how many times they got a hit on the quarterback, a premium player, a guy who is building a Heisman campaign. Usually when you can play defensive football that way, you're able to win the football game. But. Most of those games where you get eight sacks, you probably ain't turning the football over four times, too. And you put your defense in such a hard spot. And I think for this Nebraska team to break through, they have to protect the ball. Like This was a game that was close at one point. Mm -hmm. And then it started to get away from them. Mm -hmm. You can't give teams an opportunity to have the ball more. Possession of the ball is the most important thing in the game of football. And Nebraska has not grasped that concept up to this point. And so... I think that their mistakes are not necessarily easily fixed, but it's easily pointed to. I think the rest of the game that they played was solid overall. Like Jeff Sims, I wish he was a little bit better of a passer, but he's a great athlete. Like They're going to have to work with that, but he has to protect the football. The rest of the players on that offense have to protect the football, and then ultimately gives them a shot to compete.
0: Yeah, people really don't understand how important that turnover battle is in games and the percentages of you winning when you are minus one, minus two – Then you talk about minus three, minus four. It's almost non-existent where you're winning that type of ball game because you just give the other team more opportunities. And when you have the talent like Shador Sanders and the way he's playing, I mean, he's thrown for over 900 yards. It's ridiculous. And seven touchdown passes or whatever it is in the first two weeks of the season. The guy can get it done. And so when you give a guy that talented and with the weapons that they have on the offensive side of the ball – that many chances eventually they're going to score and you just put yourself in such a deficit every time you turn over the ball and that's something that nebraska is learning the really hard way
1: yeah i'm not sure though they win this game even if they don't lose the turnover battle i you think know, they got a neutral. way better shot like i, I well, think sure, sure they have a better shot, a part
2: of part of that too is the momentum swings that come with yeah, it yeah that's right? true like the other team gains confidence and you lose confidence at the same time so that delta starts to build with every turnover like I, I i truly think that this game could have been rewritten and this is not a to to bash colorado in the effort that they made because they got to make plays on the other end yeah. but it's just like the the impact it has like i've been that guy where like damn, our quarterback just turned it over again. Like I gotta run out here. I didn't even get to make all of my adjustments yet, and we're back out on the field. That's a
0: hard place to be. Not even that though. They're on the road too, mm-hmm. which yeah. you know you get the crowd involved. It's their home opener. Yeah, it's probably the biggest home opener. they the probably Colorado sold out opener. for the first time they in were. forever. They were right. Like I mean, I mean, so they were into it, and so it just makes it a tougher environment to play in. But it also, like you said, it's such a momentum swing in a confidence. It just takes your confidence out of it when you're going every other play, you're turning over the ball and you're going, gosh, well, what do we have to do to get this thing going the right <laughs> yeah. direction? It's a
1: tough one for Matt Rule, too, because uh, one part of me wants to say, I'll give him some time, right. but then you're playing a team that is in the same situation I know that's, right. It's hard, and right? turned over the roster. But
2: Matt Rule is a great coach. And it's like, you know, I think what Prime has done is an aberration, right? It's not the rule. It's probably the exception. He's, and so he's one of one. Yeah, we one should we should give the grace of Matt Rule needs some time and historically his turnarounds have not been year one. They have been year right. two and beyond. And so I think we need to keep that lens, but he's sitting back and he's gonna watch that tape. And he's going to be just like us. Like, damn, man, we got to protect that
1: football.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, those are the worst meetings to go into Mm -hmm. the next day as a player. (laughs) Because you sit there and you're cringing and you just know that your time's coming, especially if you're one of the players that lost the ball. But you feel that. And, and, you know, everybody feels that in in there. But when it's you and you get highlighted, Mm. you feel like you let that team down. So you got to make sure, too, with a quarterback like Jeff Sims, who you want to be your star, that does a lot of good things with his legs and is still developing as a thrower that you want to keep his confidence because you're going to need him down the road. Nebraska 0 and 2. Iowa 2 and 0.
1: Woo, but woo. it was ugly though. Beat yeah. the rival. Iowa State 2013 was the final score. They were up 17 nothing. Sure they were. Uh, thanks to a defensive touchdown. Absolutely. Ryan, those Ferenc- count. Those count that. for Brian yeah. Ference. Loving that. Uh, so Iowa wins this one Yeah, not a whole lot of offense for either neither team got over 300 yards yeah. in this one, but that's how I that's how was going to win. That's how they've won the past few years. Yeah, Offense is not a whole lot better, but their defense still is awesome. So
2: here's the trend that I'm tracking now for Iowa is week one, uh, Utah State, right? They come out, first half looks pretty good, opening drive. I mean, they're throwing touchdown passes, first opening drive touchdown pass since 91. I wasn't even alive when that happened. Like, (laughs) you know, it was like, oh, man, it's going to be a different team. Second half, I don't know what happens, but they're not the same team. This game, second half, they score three points, they give up 10, right? The game gets a lot closer. So is this team able to sustained momentum from the first half but also when they go into the locker room what are the adjustments that are being made and then how are they being executed on the football field I'm going to track that but ultimately this is probably going to feel like one of those years where I was going to have to have some turnover luck and they're going to have to lean on their defense and just hope that their offense can continue a progression so by the middle and end of the year they can put up more than you know 20 to, to 24 points in a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had 235 yards in this game, and Iowa State had 290. Mm-hmm. And that's that's always a concerning thing because you've got a new quarterback that came in that there was high praise for him that he was going to hopefully turn this thing around, but it goes back – to Brian Ferentz in this offense, not being able to somehow produce more offense because they've got a defensive unit that is one of the best in the Big Ten. And you saw it again today. They had the pick six, took back that back to the house that helped, obviously, the reflection of this score, and that ultimately led to their win. But somehow, some way, they've got to figure out an offensive unit that can be more productive because that's the only way that they're going to compete with the Big Dogs.
1: 2013, 20 was enough in this one. Mm. Ohio State got 35. Sure they did. They were sure also did. playing Youngstown State, yeah. uh, who got an early touchdown in this one. We were like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? Yeah. Uh, it was Kyle McCord playing uh, predominantly in this one, but Devin Brown did come in, throw 13 passes over over 100 yards. Uh, the running game got going a little bit. I mean, it wasn't much splash for Ohio State in the early game, but Joshua, your Buckeyes, mm-hmm. you were a grump last week after watching the result mm-hmm. against Indiana. Yeah. Are you less of a grump after watching him today? Not at all. Yeah. Not
2: at all. I uh, I thought Kyle McCord was really efficient, and that was important for him to come out and have some more success, and he connected with Marvin Harrison Jr. early oh, in the geez. off. That Jr. was good to see. It was. Yeah, two it was touchdowns early. what they needed to do, and, and Marv did a great job, and Mecca Buka got in the mix a little bit more. He had almost 100 yards receiving, so um, certainly felt a little bit more like the Ohio State football we're used to seeing. It just doesn't feel as splashy as what it's looked like in the past. But I keep going back to this question. This is not an original question that I'm asking. I saw this somewhere, and it made a lot of sense to me, is if Ohio State wins this game and the score is, you know, 70 to 35, do people feel better about the 70 even though they gave up 35? Because that's kind of what it's been in the past, right? Mm -hmm. When they played Indiana – If the score was a 54-28, to do people feel better even though they gave up the 28 to a team who's going to struggle to move the ball against good defenses? So my big takeaway is that the defense has shown strides, and and, and it was a little bit leaky today at times, too. And that was – I know a lot of people were probably taken aback by that, but um, I think as long as they can keep defensive momentum – Offense going to have a little bit of space to breathe for this team.
0: Right, and I also feel like a team like Ohio State, sometimes they're able to get up for a little bit bigger games, right? They mm-hmm. know from a skill standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, that they're going to go in and dominate this game. And so sometimes those games, believe it or not, we're all human. It's hard to get up for, right? And you want to see progress. You want to see Kyle McCord go out. You want to see them start to – improve the touches for Marvin Harrison Jr get him involved early which they were able to accomplish but they're still winning 28 to 7 at halftime and then you're getting run for some of these other guys so it's a building block game and that's exactly what it is you can't think anything more about it until they get a true test of a game which they're kind of hyped up for during the week then i think you'll learn more about this team they played those guys late Marvin Harrison was in the game he was late was in the game, was in the
2: game late
1: yeah Joshua, you weren't super thrilled about that, but...
2: Well, no, I mean, I think there's this idea of a game like this, especially when you've got a pretty big lead at halftime. You get those guys reps in the third quarter, and I'm totally cool with that, but um, by the time the fourth quarter comes around, I think it's development time. And I think that is part of the reason why the quarterback situation looks a little bit like it does right now. C.J. Stroud played late in a lot of games uh, a year ago. And, uh, you know, I I think defensively there are some guys who are out there that are inexperienced because... They played late in the games last year, and I look at a team like Penn State and kind of their model. And any time they could, a year ago, right, they, they were Aller they were the getting game. Drew Aller in the game, knowing yep. that he was going to be the heir apparent. And I think that those are opportunities that are missed when you have your, your vets. And I know they have to get in a rhythm, and they have to get those things figured out. You're missing opportunities for, for development when you don't get them in the game.
0: You do miss opportunities for development, but I think as a head coach, the other thought process is I've got to get these guys ready to play four quarters because not all these games are going to be blowouts in the first half. You've got to be able to make halftime adjustments, come out, and then execute a game plan in the third quarter and then not not just realize – that it's always going to be in this situation where you're going to be able to come out in the third quarter and everybody else is going to play and you sit there and chew seeds on the sideline. You've got wow. to condition these guys for, for their bodies to be ready to go. But I understand what you're saying There's as well. plenty
2: conditioning during the week. That's how we used to do it when I was
0: playing. <laughs> Urban was big conditioning. All right, so you're upset about Ohio State. I'm not, week, I'm
2: not upset. I'm just, you're not, you're I, not I keep a high standard. You're not thrilled. You know what? I'm. I am. I'm just a grumpy person
1: by nature. I'm thrilled about Michigan. They beat UNLV <laughs> thirty-five to seven. JJ McCarthy was awesome again. Twenty-two to twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Couple mm-hmm. touchdowns. Two hundred seventy-eight <laughs> yards. Running game was good enough. Blake Corum got eighty yards for him. Uh, UNLV had no chance in this game.
2: Yeah, this was. Uh, it was going to be a tough one for them, regardless, and. I think Michigan handled business professionally. The big thing that stands out to me is the way that they've thrown the ball, and that was always going to be my question, is J.J. McCarthy going to take that next step as a passer? I know the level of competition, uh, but it looks like he's getting ready to do that. Who is going to be their number one? Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson. Uh, you know, once Showed again, again. He, was, he was playing really well. He had yep. Cornelius Johnson in there doing a great job. Donovan Edwards catching the ball at the backfield. Like, pass game has evolved. Is Roman Wilson a number one? I, I think He, is. he and, is. And for that team, he's taken on that role, and I think it's important now. I'll let you guys chew on this one. Love the that. run game has not looked like what it did a year ago. And and I don't think it's to say that it cannot be. But it seems that there has been a shift where maybe it is because J.J.'s playing better. They wanted to get the pass game going early on. But I look at the numbers, and in a game like this, a year ago, Blake Corum would have been 150 yards. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Donovan probably would have had 95. Yeah, And it wasn't like that. So I don't know if it's a – the mentality shift, which I probably think it is, but it is intriguing to see this Michigan football team not come out and say oh, we're just going to pound it all day long, we're going to end this game quick.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you had, what, Blake Corum had 15 carries, but Donovan uh, Edwards only had six. Mm-hmm. For nine for yards. nine yards. Yep. And that might have been a byproduct of UNLV saying, hey, look we're going to load the box, which I, I, well, the clips that I saw, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're going to do and say, look, we're going to put the hands in J.J. McCarthy. We've got enough confidence in him right now in the pass game that we can continue to develop the pass game. And he went out and was efficient, he was effective, and he's balled out. I mean, Mm -hmm. he missed three passes all game long with two two touchdowns and 278. So that's a good sign. When you have the balance that you have with this team, the offensive line, when you can run the ball, but when they want to load the box and they want to give you one-on-one opportunities on the outside to have a guy and the confidence that you can say, hey, guess what, we're going to flip the script, we're going to go throw it to win then they're going to have
2: that ability to do so and i'd be curious what the adjusted completion percentages so you take out the throwaways and you take out drop oh, balls right. because i know at least one of those was a throwaway mm-hmm. right so now we're talking about 90 percent plus right of the passes were, were accurate passes that should have been caught and it might have been a drop in there i'm not exactly sure off the top of my head dude is balling
1: right now He's yeah balling. yeah Jim Harbaugh saying, wait till I get back. I swear. We will go over 100 yards on the ground <laughs> with Blake Korm and Donovan Edwards.
0: Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to get, get yeah. back to the ground and pound real Enjoy quick. it now,
1: JJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> uh, Penn State, 63. Delaware, 7. Not a whole lot we learned from this one. Drew Aller was 22 of 26, 200 yards. Uh, they got Catron uh, Allen, because uh, it was Singleton that was basically bruising in our first game last week. And right. then Allen got uh, over 100 yards in this one. Matt, we don't need to spend too much time on this one. Penn State just rolled a lesser opponent.
0: They rolled a lesser opponent, and there was obviously just physical domination by that offensive line. We saw some of those runs that they had. They pushed those guys back off the ball five yards. Now, Delaware came out early, and I thought they put up a little bit of a fight. But the thing that I was impressed with was Drew Aller. Mm -hmm. Drew Aller... He's, one, he's still a young quarterback. He's only a second start. He comes off his debut last week where he throws for 324 yards. But this was a team that played that 3-3-5 scheme, which are going to put more guys in the secondary. And so what he had to do today is he had to be patient. He had to take what the defense was giving him. And that's what I think he did really well. And that shows a lot of maturity for a young guy and only in his second start. And I think you've got to build off that and say, hey, th- this is a good sign for us that he's willing to not get greedy not take the shot or force a ball downfield because he wants to make that splash play. He's going to play within the system, within the confinements of whatever, whatever they're putting out there, and he's willing to take the check down.
2: It almost felt like he was more composed from that standpoint than even the coaching staff at one point. We were making the joke that penn state through the flea flicker because they're trying to get that big play it's like everything we're throwing is checked (laughs) down everything's underneath you know they're forcing us to throw it to the flats and they want to push us out of bounds like they're not letting us challenge down the field so the coaching staff dials up a flea flicker because they're trying to hit the big play and even that one didn't go all the way down the field they threw like a deep out on it or whatever the case is and i think that drew was perfectly content saying I'm just going to make the best decision for the team. Like, I'm not going to put the ball in harm's way. I'm taking what's out there. And if they want to play it like that, guess what we're going to do? We're going to hand it off to, like, three running backs today. And they're going to do a great job because we got the numbers on our side. And I thought it was really impressive stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 63 points impressive oh, yeah. for Penn State. Yeah. All right, let's go quick hitters on some of these remaining games because we got quite a few. we got a lot of games early on because yeah, we just yeah. got a lot of. Non-com, games, baby. So we, we didn't see a whole lot of these plays, if any, of plays from some of these games, so we're going to react to the scores and the results and kind of the trajectory of these teams now. So Purdue plays like an eight-hour game against Virginia Tech because no, it was, it was, like, was a, like
0: a six-hour rain delay. Or it was a
1: noon game and then a yeah, long delay, and then they finally finished, I think, like when our game was finished. Sure. It was crazy. Right. Uh, Purdue wins 24-17 against Virginia Tech. So they bounced back from that Fresno State loss.
0: And the biggest thing here, I think, is Ryan Walters. This is his first victory for his team. And it was a tough day. Like you said, it's always difficult when you have a weather delay. You've got to take your team inside the locker room. You're sitting around forever. You don't know when you're going to get back out on the field. But – Overall, they went out and got a victory today, and that's his first victory as a head coach. And for this team, that builds confidence for the team. And it says, okay, we are taking steps in the right direction as a team. We're getting bought in. Because the hardest thing for a new coach to do is get that buy-in, to get everybody to understand this is how we're doing things. But a win a lot of times helps to increase that opportunity inside the locker room to get everybody to kind of come together.
2: 8 hours and 35 minutes a long <laughs> time to, to be on oh, standby for a football
0: yeah. game. I will say this is the
2: run game it looks like from the stats was a point of emphasis. Devin Crazy Legs Maccabee oh, had yeah. himself Mockaby. a nice game. I also see Tyrone Tracy Jr on the rushing list as their second leading rusher by yards. He's a wide receiver so now they're getting those guys incorporated. And this historically has been an offense where they throw it around the yard. But now that there is a threat of the run, I think it makes them a more dangerous football team. I wonder if – can you hear that? I I know. Can you hear
1: that? The band is behind us. Yeah. Literally are. Wake me up. In the post game festivities, Do we
2: have to pay uh, uh, a royalty when when he sings on the on the pod.
1: Yeah, uh, when Matt sings, no, I don't think anyone can recognize this, so they don't yeah, know cool. who we would have to All pay right. it to, All right? right? Yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah so it's like this I don't even good. know what that yeah, is supposed to be. I
2: almost got in trouble doing
1: that one. Uh, Michigan State gets a win over Richmond. Uh, Noah Kim throws three touchdowns. They got Nathan Carter on the ground over a hundred yards, and he had three touchdowns. So Michigan State, we have Purdue next week on Big Ten Saturday night against my alma mater, Syracuse Orange. Who are you rooting for? We were the Orange Orange. Men back when I went to, but now it's just Orange. Who are you going for? Uh... I mean, I got to root for Syracuse, right? That's weird if I don't. I'm an impartial member of the media. I don't care for <laughs> anybody. <laughs> uh, we know no that's true. not true because you crush Ohio State, and yes, that is a person who is a fan. That's a fan. That's, that's, that's a fan. not rooting. Yeah, I know exactly, but it is analysis. a fan. That's,
2: that's analysis. Right.
1: Um, so we got uh, we got Michigan State winning. We got Michigan State on Peacock yes, against yeah. Washington and Michael Penix. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. They got their work cut defense out. Defense better
2: them. pack their lunch.
1: But they come in 2 and 0. They get a 45 14 win. With some offense. So, no, I, I think Noah Kim could be a guy yeah, for them. Yeah,
2: and he's he kind of has to. And I think that his ability to throw the football is one thing. I think they need to incorporate him into the run game just so they can have more lanes for the running backs and, and try to protect that offensive line just a tad bit. Um, I think these last two weeks have been really good for Michigan State just in terms of – uh, building on the field, right? Being able to go out and execute and to, to learn. But now they got that challenge coming up. And I'll tell you what, I, I do not know what Washington is going to be by the end of the year defensively. I will tell you, offensively, they're going to be one of the best in the country, period.
0: Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is a Heisman hopeful without a doubt. I mean, the way that he's played these first few weeks. Again, I think he went over 400 yards in his first two games. He's got two wide receivers that are 1,000-yard yeah. wide receivers that are both back. So they're a veteran group. They've played together. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're a sexy offense. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. fun to watch. They're explosive. And they, they really set the tempo against your defense and stress you in so many different ways. So they've, they better get ready to go.
2: And Kalen DeBoer, phenomenal play caller, the head coach of Washington. 100%. Yeah. yeah so.
1: Wisconsin goes down. Uh, we Luke didn't see Fickle. this one. This was going on at the same time as our uh, uh, Big Ten Saturday night game. But Washington State does it to him again.
2: Oh uh, yeah, they did it to him last year.
1: Thirty-one twenty-two is the final score. Oh coach, um, I gotta
2: call my old coach Luke Fickle and check on I'm him. I'm sure this he'd night. want to talk to you. Tomorrow. He, he, you know what? He's if, when I call him, he's gonna have some things to say uh, and not very nice to me. But I love him to death. This is. Uh, it's tough because it felt like Wisconsin was kind of trying to step into a new era, and I think that as a lot of coaches figure out, and a lot of players do, that there's it's a work in progress.
0: And yeah, there, there's, there's growing pains yeah. with it. There's no doubt. Three, there's, fumbles, yeah. three fumbles, three no, fumbles. You can't do again, that again. Turnover margin. Mm. You got to play and clean football, especially when you're a team that is building, that has a lot of new players. Like you've just, you the margin for error is so slim because. There's a new new offensive coordinator. There's a new quarterback. There's all these different components that come along with building your team. But, again, the panic button shouldn't be pushed. Instead, it should be one of those that, hey, guys, if we correct these areas, this is how we'll get better as a football team so that they can be better the next week. It's got to be a week-by-week, day-by-day, week, yeah. day, and you've got to embrace the process. Otherwise, um, it can unravel pretty quickly. Yeah.
1: Northwestern will not go winless well, on the they, season 38 to 7 over UTEP
2: it was important they got this yes. one in, and I'm not trying to to you know be funny with it but this is going to be a difficult year for those guys I think the from the roster <laughs> construction standpoint yeah um they were I feel like a it's already been well it has yes. 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 It's, it's a good point um and then <laughs> the everything that, the room? that yeah. they're dealing with um and so it's good for the players in that room and the coaches to be able to celebrate something positive, mm-hmm. right. rather than all this other storylines that have been around that program.
1: Minnesota, they can uh, celebrate another victory. They're two and zero now. They beat Eastern Michigan twenty-five to six.
0: Now I want to know how many okay. times did they throw it and how many times did they run? Oh,
1: good question. All right, good question. Uh, Kelly McManus, is that how you say?
0: McManus. What did I say? That's I added another. Similar. Another Something syllable you in You know, there. Greek is very difficult for me, too. Kelly manis Yeah. Threw Greek. it only
1: 15 times. Greek rifle. Okay, so this he is... He threw okay, it 44 so they... times last time, and so... Uh, Taylor ran it 33 times for 193 yards. This is the
2: old Minnesota offense we're used to. They're rowing the boat now. They ran it a
1: total of 56 times for almost 300 yards.
2: I will say, um, I do think that this is typically a a well-coached unit, so PJ is probably grinding those guys in practice to get the game plan the way that he likes. But this is Minnesota I expected to see, no doubt.
0: I was going to say, I just wanted to see, was this also the ratio that we saw the week before against Nebraska when they went out? They chucked the ball all over the yard. It did not look like a Minnesota team. But uh-uh. this feels more like a Minnesota team to me. The identity is, look, we're going to beat you up inside the trenches. We're going to run the football. we going to grind right you. Play good, play good defense. That sounds more like Minnesota to me.
1: Rutgers with a win over Temple, 36-7. to They are 2-0 and on the season right now. Gavin Wimsat throws for 199 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Kyle? Uh, Manongai. Manongai. Yeah. You want to hear his numbers? Sure. Kyle sure. Manongai. You're going you're to like this. Okay, hold on. It was 28 carries, 165 yards, and a Ooh. touchdown.
2: Yeah, Kyle yeah, running. He packs a little bit of a punch now, too, uh, the way he runs the
1: football. This is, um,
2: I think this is good for Rutgers. And I've seen this develop uh, you know the last couple years, but in the non con, they can scoop up some wins. And they already have a conference win because of what they did. Uh, last Sunday against Northwestern. And so for them, I think early on building momentum is huge for that program because as you get into the meat of the schedule – Got michigan coming up here in a couple weeks and you get to the ohio states and the penn states of the world It becomes a little bit more difficult but when you go in there feeling good about yourself now all yeah. of a sudden you think you can compete
0: hey when you start out 2-0 and in any college football season it's all about that fast start because it builds so much confidence inside the locker room the coaching staff feels better it's always better to go in with a win under your belt but also to start the way that they did last week like you said to get a conference win and then to come back this week and to have a dominant performance go forty one to seven against who did they play indiana state it 's uh, still no temple Oh, sorry they yeah. played temple i 'm sorry thirty six to seven they played temple and uh, it's just a good start, and Coach has got to feel good about where his team is right now. But that's a good
1: segue because Indiana State lost to Indiana 41-7. to Lightning round time. Matthew, I'll give you one comment on Indiana. My guy Jalen Lucas, who I interviewed at Media Day. Yeah. Love hey. Jalen Lucas. Sure. Yeah. Most exciting returners, and he might be number one in all of football. how my boy do? Uh, Ten rushes, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Mm. They're getting him involved in the offense. That's what they said they were going to do. He is one of the best playmakers in the Big Ten, and he showed it against Indiana State.
0: And that's what good play callers do and that's what good coaches do they take their playmakers and they somehow get them involved they get them touches they give them the ball in space and so when you see something like that that's good coaching to me right you're able to take this guy who you know is maybe a returner or something like that but you you somehow implement him into the game plan and then he shows out like he did today
2: they needed that that's yes. all i got to say. It's a, a hard-working group. They needed a win like
1: that. Illinois needed a win, and they didn't get it mm. against Kansas. They they looked pretty bad. I think they were down 31-7 to yeah. at one point in this one. They made a little bit of a comeback. Luke Altmyer broke a long run, 72-yard touchdown run. He actually had two rushing touchdowns, but... Um, Joshua, I'll give you the last word on this one. Illinois not, not looking great, and they got to play Penn State next. They ain't
2: the same team that we saw it's a year right. ago. Defensively, they're different. They're trying to bring the personnel along. Offensively, I don't think we gave enough credit to Tommy DeVito, and yes. his leadership and, and the way he was able to get the ball out quick, the way he was able to protect the football. Mm-hmm. I don't think we give enough credit to Chase Brown and the way that he ran the ball a year ago. He was a workhorse, he was a guy was a who was sneaking his way into the Heisman conversation. And it, you can't replace those players, but now you have to find a way to win ball games uh without those guys and so i think it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle um but one thing i do know brett Bielema, he's a hell of a coach he's gonna be searching for answers all over the place so wouldn't shock me if they improve dramatically by the
1: end of the maybe maybe it might be a little bit of a retooling Mm -hmm. year year for them for sure all right that's it we're done wow that's a lot of games a lot of games games. through a lot of games
2: as we get late in the year it'll be less
0: games
1: because we'll play each other yes yes they start start playing playing each other other. that'll be great that's what we need yes hey guys Uh, start
0: playing each other can you do that now? For Matt
1: Castle, for Joshua Perry. I don't like you guys saying your own names. I like to say it for you. Thank oh, you. It feels
0: better coming from your give mouth. You,
1: give you the rest of the you, night you off. You sound better than we I'm Ahmed Farid. That is Go Big or Go Home, and now we go home. Yes.
0: So It's about that time. It's about that time. Drop mic. Go Big or Go Home. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.